Welcome everybody to the Wachuma Talks podcast episode one with Rasmus. We get all of my weird and wonderful friends from around Chiang Mai, the plant medicine community, and then we talk and talk and talk and see what comes out. So today I have Rasmus with me, and Rasmus, do you want to introduce yourself a little bit, tell us about your podcast? Sure. Uh, well, thank you for, uh, for having me. Uh, pleasure. Pleasure to be here. Uh, yeah, so uh, Rasmus, uh, Rasmus Friedberg from, uh, from Sweden. I've uh, been living in Chiang Mai uh, last uh, two and a half years now. I uh, love Chiang Mai, uh, love Southeast Asia, love Thailand. Um, yeah, I have another podcast myself. Um, we can talk more about that later, but um, yeah, happy to be here. Cool. And um, so, first question is like, what's your story? How did you end up in Chiang Mai? Oh, it's a long story. Good. <laughs> <laughs> long story. Uh, well, so uh, I'm born in uh, Sweden. Uh, I'm born in Stockholm and then grown up a little bit uh, north of Stockholm in a small town. And uh, quite early on, I was a teenage years, I had this sort of urge to get out and see the world. Uh, started around 14, 15, I would say. Um, and, and already, yeah, 15, I started to look at like flight tickets to other countries. Um, I had like, a, actually, had a uh, volunteer elephant uh, volunteering at the elephant camp here in here in Thailand I can't remember where it was somewhere in Thailand uh, just after high school um, and like this was like pre or early internet I would say so I actually ordered the sort of the, the, the volunteering trip but it was like super expensive it was like I don't know 1400 euro for two weeks yeah. volunteering <laughs> <laughs> it's so expensive to work for free <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, so I actually ordered it and got it sort of back in the days, like check in the mail, right? And I got the check, but I didn't pay it because <laughs> I started to look at other stuff and I ended up going backpacking on my own to Australia. This was like six months after high school at uh, eight, no, 19, yeah, 19 years old, alone, right? Uh, around uh, Australia for a few months on my own. I got a bit bored and then um, went back to Sweden to sort of pick up some friends to go back to Australia again <laughs> on the same sort of working holiday visa. Um, so travel around like that for a few years. I stayed in Canada, uh, stayed in Norway, uh, Greece, uh, Estonia, uh, moved around in Sweden. Um, and then uh, a few years later, I uh, opened up uh, some hotels in Cambodia or initially one hotel uh, in Sianapville uh, together with some Norwegian sort of hotelier friends, colleagues. Uh, this was when I was 26, 25, 26. Um, so uh, did that, it went very well. Uh, the first hotel, I grew crazy fast and then uh, got a bit greedy. So uh, we decided to get another hotel. <laughs> like within, <laughs> within seven months, this is crazy to think about. Within seven months from opening up the first hotel, went so well, one high season. So it's like, let's get another one. The, yeah, so the second one was a bit more difficult. We brought in some new owners, so we were like six owners, stuff like that. And then, yeah, things get a bit, got a bit sideways. We were, we were all quite young, naive, uh, very sort of, um, or at least I was, uh, some of the other guys. Well, some, some of the guys were quite mature, but yeah. I was definitely uh, learning. How old are you now? Just for uh, Right now I'm 37. Okay. Yeah, so this was about 10 years ago. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So a bit sideways there. Um, Went back to Sweden uh, to sort of, um, uh, well, I sold my part in, in, in the hotels and then uh, moved back to Sweden. 
uh, trying to sort of squeeze myself into the Swedish sort of community again, thinking yeah. that's what I should do. Try to be normal. Yeah, I try to be normal as a lost cause. As <laughs> <laughs> a lost cause. Uh, try to sort of do what I'm supposed to do in a way that I really thought I was, um, um, yeah, that's what I was supposed to do. And then, but I had this uh, from staying one half a year in Cambodia and, and moving in and out to Cambodia for a few years. Uh, I always had this sort of inkling that Southeast Asia is where I'm going to end up. Like I, I love Southeast Asia, the Buddhist culture and the, yeah, just the whole atmosphere. Uh, so I knew that some, at some point I'm going to move back. Uh, but uh, uh, first needed to force myself into the Swedish community again. So I went into sort of Stockholm, uh, downtown Stockholm and the whole career stuff. Mm. Um, started companies and... Uh, Tried to do the startup scene, even though I'm not like uh, not a developer myself. Um, but uh, yeah, tried that uh, hustle, hustle for a few years. Covid came, and then I sort of uh, lost my job, or mutually decided that uh, it's time to end the the position I was at uh, when Covid came. So then I went into studied some international relations for a year. Um, was curious about international politics. Tried to understand that. Uh, did that for a year, but uh, uh, found out that I didn't really want to do that either. Uh, and then I decided, okay, let's uh, let's do the thing I kind of want to, and go to Southeast Asia and just work online, and see what's happened. And uh, initially, I started to um, I wanted to explore Southeast Asia, say where I could sort of settle down a little bit. And I I followed a trail running uh, sort of athlete that was living here in Chiang Mai. I was following him on YouTube. And uh, like, okay, Chiang Mai seems like interesting, like a lot of mountains. Uh, and uh, yeah, the rumor like among expats and digital nomads, Chiang Mai is quite good, right? Mm. Good size and uh, sabai sabai, not crazy with tourism, not just a good city in nature, right? So yeah, uh, long story longer. Uh, ended up kind of staying in Chiang Mai uh, and I have no regrets. Been here for two and a half years now. And you mentioned the... Um, Knowing that you would come to Southeast Asia because of like, especially like the kind of the culture and the Buddhism and the effect of that on everyday life. Yeah. And that's also what pulled me out here as well as parties because I was 26. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But it, what, what, for Westerners, when we come into Asia, Mm. we bring a lot of romantic ideas I definitely did. Yeah, yeah. I grew up on um, on samurai and oh, yeah? fucking yeah, you know, like the last samurai. Mm-hmm. And so like yeah, and what and I find this when I talk to like especially people that love Western philosophy and then they have an opinion of Buddhism, mm. but it's like they've read a book from someone that read a book that read a book that read a book that read a book. Yeah, they've never they haven't been in mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. the culture yeah what do you think are some of the common like misunderstandings or stuff or stuff that you learned from being inside it as much as we yeah can? that's a good question i don't really know uh so one of the things like in cambodia was my first sort of initiation to uh to, to buddhism right so uh having uh, hotels and colleagues there like buddhist or uh, cambodian friends colleagues uh, so one thing that sort of struck me initially was like, okay, so these people are kind of like very poor compared to, to where we come from, right? Mm. Uh, we were investing our savings into what was it, like hotels, right? 
for 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 the the, the local people that's like two lifetimes of, of money in a way uh so uh, in, in my mind the 26 27 there uh, i uh i saw that i have so much but they have so and they have so little but they seem so peaceful yeah they seem happy and content with life and I have so much and I'm fucking running around the world and just doing stuff and hustling and it's like hmm, what is it that they have that we don't or I have I don't right and um, yeah so I don't know what the biggest misunderstanding like if you want to go deep into the philosophy it's I would say it's yeah it's the will to to want to change the world in in, in one sense. Uh, we talked a little bit about this just before we started the podcast. It's if you want to generalize it, you can hear sort of the the Christian uh, uh, communities around the world uh, a lot about preaching, uh, preaching, and you should come to Jesus, come to God, uh, follow us, follow me. Uh, this is the way to do it, and. Uh, looking at the Buddhist philosophy and Hindu and yogic philosophy, I actually heard, uh, I think it was Sadhguru, uh, say one time, the Western mind identifies itself with what it does know. The yogic mind does uh, identify itself what it doesn't know. Because if you identify yourself with what you don't know, like the possibilities are endless. Like you can just open up to the universe, right? Mm -hmm. But if you identify yourself with what you do know, then you put up a bunch of barriers around what you do know and there's no or very little progression from there, right? Yeah. So that's, uh, I think that's one of the core things uh, about the, the sort of Eastern philosophies that the Western mind doesn't comprehend. Yeah. Um, or missing, I would say, comprehend, but missing at the moment. How has that changed the way that you deal with people? Oof, tremendously. Uh, I mean, it's a, it's a continuous uh, learning process. <laughs> I just came back from a Vipassana, my fourth Vipassana last week. And uh, it's a huge uh, shift or another huge shift. Uh, like it's been a big shift every Vipassana I've done. But live and let be. Just like the, the, the extreme wisdom in that. And like I said a little bit earlier, like the will to change the world, the, the, the need to want to change the world and change other people is sort of the, the toxicity of the world at the moment mm -hmm. uh, because it's as soon as you want to change someone else then there's just a scale of aggression in a way from wanting to change your partner or your mom or your kids or whatever to world war like it's just a sort of a scale to wanting to change something whereas the, the, the Buddhist and the yogic uh, philosophies are there's nothing that needs to be changed. Everything is perfect as it is. Uh, and be content with that. But to come to that realization, there's a lot of, uh, in Buddhism they call it defilements, uh, sort of energies inside you, shadow work, whatever you want to call it, uh, blockages. Um, yeah, there's different words for it, but like there are these, all these suppressed energies inside of us that want to come out and if we don't let them come out in a sort of mindful, good way, it will come out in anger, it will come out in disease, it will come out in different kinds of uh, stuff in the body and in your behavior. And uh, yeah, I think that's a huge part. Um, um, I'm really obsessed with 
balance at the moment. Mm. It's a little bit intellectually lazy, maybe, uh, but it's 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 been very very helpful in life. And uh, you know Yogananda. I heard of him, yeah. Yeah, there's. I started reading his book, and there's a quote from him about what he wanted to do was he wanted to get the Western material efficiency and then get the Eastern spiritual efficiency and then bring them together. Mm. And so it's that like the need to change the world and then to see that everything's okay as it is. Yeah. There's like a, there's a dance there yeah. that I'm kind of playing with it in the moment. Yeah. I kind of like ran away from the West mm. and I'm like, just give me all the Eastern stuff. Mm. And then I feel like now I'm like, okay, how do I get these two mm. things that I've, yeah. You know, I'm very much in the same sort of realm there. Like, how, how can we sort of bring them together? Yeah. Yeah, because there's definitely value in the, in the science and, and, and all that. Um, but there's so much unseen wisdom in the Eastern philosophies in the West. It's almost like not even respected. Mm. Um, partially because I think like it's the live and let be don't change don't try to change don't yeah just live and let be it doesn't make much noise because it shouldn't like one of the core theses in buddhism is go see for yourself don't listen to me don't listen to buddha don't listen to any guru don't listen to any hindu like don't listen to anyone go sit with your own thoughts and see for yourself that's boring. <laughs> that doesn't jam with the Western mind. Huh? Yeah, yeah, that doesn't yeah. jam with our uh, sort of impulse-driven society, yeah. uh, where we just crave dopamine and, and uh, yeah, satisfaction all the time because we're so uncomfortable with our own feelings. <laughs> but it is such a profound uh, depth in that uh, wisdom, mm. and um, yeah, if we can combine that with, but they are a little bit contradictory, so it's it's tricky. Um, because as I'm sitting here and preaching, like, don't listen to me. Like, don't listen to any of this. Go sit with your thoughts instead. It's way better. Don't listen to this. Shut up and go and sit. <laughs> yeah, I'm honest. Like, I do think that's a, it's a huge uh, truth in that. Yeah. I have um, a friend, Christopher, and we, we, um, yeah, we, we talk a lot of philosophy. And we changed the direction in the beginning we were doing like East versus West. Mm. And I was like, wait, we're not getting anywhere. Cause I, I don't even believe some of the things I'm saying. Mm. I'm just taking the opposite position. Oh yeah. And then I was like, we need to change the conversation into like where we're twisting, we're, we're coming into each other and mixing yeah, yeah, yeah. what we know. And I think one of the things that come out of that discussion is that uh, one thing we got from the West that's quite good is this like falsification mm -hmm. of science. And so we can now, we can, if someone says that they can uh, bend spoons with their mind, mm -hmm. we can set up an environment where mm -hmm. it'd be impossible for them to do it in any other way but their mind. Yeah. And then we can take like yogis and we can put them in brain scans. Yeah. And then we can actually say, no, this look, yeah. like, this is actually working. Yeah. And so it's helping us to sift through. Yeah. Because like, there's always, there's, there's always a spiritual guy somewhere that thinks that he can like, cure your karmic past by having sex with him <laughs> like and we need ways to just work out who's full of shit and so but then the disadvantage is that like we're only starting with what we can prove and mm. we can only believe what we can prove yeah. but we can't we're a finite thing in an infinite thing 
and so there's there's no way to are we get... finite i don't think we're finite uh the intellect i think the intellect is a finite tool like mm. a hammer Maybe. with a purpose mm. And then we're trying to fit the whole universe into yeah. a hammer, and it's yeah, just yeah. not working. Yeah, I mean, we can't. Uh, I don't think we uh, can comprehend reality with our intellect. Yeah, we just have to let go into it, and, yeah. and, and as soon as we try to explain it, we miss it. Yeah. Like uh, there, it can't be reduced to words. Yeah. yeah. But we want to put words and labels to everything. Yeah. Yeah, but it can't be comprehended. Like, I felt infinity, but I can't tell you about it. Yeah. No. Yeah. I'm not sure if I felt it, uh, yeah, a little bit, maybe, in, in, uh, in ayahuasca or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. that's the real yeah. fun of, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. The, so, how, how has Buddhism uh, informed your experiences with plant medicine? And how much do you think it's, it's your perception that's created the experience in the psychedelic? Mm-hmm. Or how much is it that psychedelics and Buddhism take you to the same place? Yeah, so in the end, they're both about finding God and connecting with God. Uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure Buddhism doesn't talk about that, but it's obvious once you go a little bit deeper, uh, they will never mention God, uh, I think. You just need a more kind of sophisticated idea of God. Yeah, yeah, God yeah, 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 yeah. So because as soon as you put the label uh, and use the word God, you've reduced the, 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 the oneness to, to something, right? Yeah. And um, um, so with, I would say, yeah, I discovered Buddhism in, in, in Cambodia and then went back to Sweden. And, and then I would say my, my sort of deeper initiation to something bigger was the ayahuasca trip, right? Mm-hmm. So I went down to Luxembourg in, in the, in, in, during a summer in, in, holiday, in holiday break, I think it was 2017. So I had three nights straight uh, with ayahuasca. And uh, I was like, at that point, I was quite far from the spiritual sort of person I'm now. Like I was searching, I was kind of like lost in my career. I didn't really know what I wanted to do. Uh, so I was kind of looking for answers about my career. <laughs> and I've seen this sort of uh, YouTube clip about ayahuasca and just... Uh, uh, ayahuasca can make you rich. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it just didn't seem like something different, something new to try and experience, like an experienced addict, I would say. Yeah, yeah. So went down there and yeah, the first night I kind of uh, met death, like full on, uh, like full on thinking I was going to die, like no doubt in my mind. I am going to die right now. My mom is going to get a call that I died on a hippie retreat in Luxembourg. <laughs> That's my story. And then sort of the facilitator uh, came over and was like, I remember it very clearly. Uh, and I was like, I'm going to die, I'm going to die, I'm going to die, I'm going to die, like full on panic. And, uh, and, and he's like, just let go, just let go. And I couldn't, like, I was too scared. And then a few minutes later, I kind of did my first, yeah, I had this kind of life changing moment where uh, I, I felt like this internal thing moving uh, inside of me in my stomach and then uh, crawl over to the, to the bucket that you have and then sort of uh, did the purge, uh, not, not much coming up. But what happened in that moment when I did the purge, you know, this sort of pressure waves that you can sort of see around, it's kind of like waves on the ocean as well, or like uh, when you throw a rock into a, a pond, right? Like mm. these waves, right? And you've seen them like, in blasts and movies and those kind of like waves. Like that kind of wave 
when as I was purging, just like poof, just like changed my world. I don't know what happened, just like poof. And since then, I've never returned to out uh, like there. There's something bigger here. Uh, there's like God is undeniable. Like whatever whatever is bigger than us is undeniable. After that, I cannot. Uh, and and that was seven years ago. And I'm still sort of in a, a little bit of search. I feel like I've read reached mostly on the other side, starting to grasp it a little bit. Uh, but it's uh, it's a it's it's a weird thing to to start looking for. And Buddhism has helped me. Meditation has helped me a little bit to make sense of all that. How? Just in a more so like sober way, I would say, like in the ayahuasca or, or if you do a big sort of mushroom trick, there's so much information coming in. So if, if you kind of believe in energy and, and God and these kind of things, you, you might understand what I mean, but you're kind of opening up or something is happening where just like you're seeing and feeling stuff that you don't understand. That, and I interpret that as a just information download or something you're just opening up to a new energy level. Yeah. And uh, there's so much energy information. So you, you, you don't know how to make sense of it all. Uh, I like after my first retreat there in Luxembourg, I was scared of death for about two, three months after, like mm. full on uh, scared, uh, like uh, having uh, small panic attacks once in a while, and especially the first few days, like first few days after it, uh, I was crying a lot and I was terrified of like death and everything. And, um, and eventually you sort of um, calm down and you get into normal life, but it was still lingering in me about there's something else or something more and uh, yeah and, and Buddhism has made me make sense of that a little bit yeah. and there's like a, what the hell am I supposed to do now yeah like now that this is real yeah yeah what yeah, do yeah, I do yeah, now? yeah yeah my whole yeah. life has been a sham in a way <laughs> yeah. like what the fuck and then you have to go and like send an email and deal with a visa yes. card bill. And you're like, what the fuck, bro? Oh, uh, How, like, Excel what, sheets. Yeah, stuff, what, yeah, what has this got to do with anything? Yeah. It's yeah. <laughs> just so irrelevant. Yeah. yeah. And then uh, um, the thing I like, uh, I found, I've had experience with ayahuasca where after the ceremony, I'm lying down and then there's this kind of entity that appears when, like, while I'm in bed. And it's like this, um, kind of alien insect thing with tentacles and arms mm. and it's talking to me in like you remember the dial up internet like, oh, yeah, yeah. it talks to me like that mm. and I'm like what the fuck is going on and I'm thinking and I'm oh. like what the fuck is going on and they're like can you shut the fuck up I'm trying to work <laughs> and then they're like just get out of my way and oh. I'll deal with it and I oh, think yeah. it's that if you can let go of the thinking, mm. you can just let whatever cleaning, download stuff is going on happen. Yeah. And you don't necessarily have to go through the, um, the, the, the pain and the torture of it mm. because you're not holding on to whatever's happening. Mm. Um, I found that very often when I speak to Thais about medicine and then when I speak to Westerners the Westerners, we have way more of the, I got blown to pieces and I got mm. eaten by a shark and there was a demon trying to rape me and all of that. Mm. And then when I speak to Thai people, they're like, yeah, I felt that energy moving through me. And mm. like, they don't have so much. It, does, yeah, yeah, it yeah, definitely yeah. happens. I don't want to be too romantic. Yeah, but yeah. There's something to the, um, I think something that I'm learning from living here at the moment is like how important it is to be like very empty. 
yeah. the emptiness and the spaciousness. Yeah, yeah. And people do that here without realizing. And then I come along like like a five year old trying to learn how to. Yeah. Oh yeah. man, the word five year old is something I've been thinking about. Not to be condescending to the West, but I like in terms of health, I really feel like the Western health system is like a five year old compared to the the yogic and the Buddhist uh, uh, traditions. Mm. Um, yeah. I, I, from my last uh, Vipassana, I really have this sort of theory that none, no one should believe my theory, but uh, <laughs> it is a little bit of a way to make sense of things. Um, I feel like uh, Vipassana and meditation do the same thing as, uh, as um, plant medicine or yeah, the, the, the ones we're sort of familiar with at least. Mm. Uh, so and, and everything uh, is sort of conditioned energy in my mind. Uh, it's like, um, yeah, suppressed energetic feelings uh, that uh, can be like suppressed for ages and, and uh, like um, generations even uh, and, and be sort of uh, reproduced into to new generations. And uh, the last Vipassana I was at, the, the, uh, the teacher uh, referred to the founder of the, the whole Vipassana retreat. They have set 32 centers all over the world, right? And that sort of monk that invented the technique and uh, sort of walked uh, alone in the jungle for many months on his own. So he said like uh, with Vipassana you can clear up to 10 generations of uh, suppressed energy. Uh, but you have to stick to it, right? Yeah. And I feel like the plant medicine is doing a very similar thing but in a more forceful way. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I feel like they are uh, helping us to clear out uh, these sort of suppressed energies. and and and. and, and this, this is more of a theory, but, but it kind of makes sense. You can see that a lot of us have heard about these yogic people and monks who sort of sit in caves for days, weeks, and months and years, right? And don't eat, they don't sleep, they just sit and meditate. And we all heard about this. And so my, my theory is here, and these are a little bit controversial. Maybe they're true, maybe they're not. But they are like, uh, you can clear out the energy of aging and death uh, like the, 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 the whatever energy uh, is within us uh, that makes us believe in 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 uh, in aging and death is uh, uh, is conditioned and we can let it out and uh, yeah don't because you heard of this yogic who say like yeah I decide when I'm gonna die mm. yeah so I think they've just let go of all all the sort of suppressed energy and beliefs about the death mm -hmm. uh, so that they can choose their own yeah. uh, time of death and they, they don't need food they don't need sleep so you can let go of sleep you can let go of food yeah yeah I always get my skeptical mind comes straight back in mm -hmm. like the the monk that came in your podcast that oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Enough, when you told me that I was like okay sure <laughs> and then I I speak to fucking spirits like yeah when I, when I do ayahuasca and then I'm like oh yeah, 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 no, yeah. but that guy yeah, yeah, yeah. so but I did see um I was watching one documentary on Tibet and they had a monk there who they were saying like um, the Dalai Lama comes to him for advice yeah. and the Dalai Lama came to him and said like look I know you said you were going to die like next month but could you stick around a bit longer and he said I've decided to stay for another year and you're just like what the fuck man yeah yeah but it's 
Yeah, man. No, I, I truly believe these things are starting to believe like I, I, the human consciousness is reaching another level within the next few years for sure. Like we can't uh, operate the way we have been doing. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and you continuously hear these things. So like when you see like Jesus, for example, Jesus walks on water. Like I just think that he was a sage, a, a mystic that that because uh, there are rumors that he uh, sort of was in the Himalayas yeah, yeah. And, and trained uh, with the monks, right? Yeah. On his uh, past year or uh, lost years in the Bible, right? Yeah. That he he traveled to to the Himalayas. The ages of like thirteen to thirty. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's not in the Bible. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's, it's yeah. not in the Bible. So. Um, there's a theory that he, he was actually trained by the, the monks in, in India and Tibet yeah. and um, and he come back to Israel and then sort of uh, perform all these miracles and you can see it there's a philos the philosophical change between Judaism and Christianity oh, yeah. where we go from a God who sends plagues to a God who is like just love everyone mm. when you like there's a lot of Buddhism in that change yeah from the kind of Old Testament to the New Testament. Oh, yeah. yeah, at least the kind of Jesus the hippie kind oh, of version yeah, yeah, of Jesus yeah. that we've got. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah it's yeah. like, and you can do like, um, you can do like quote by quote comparisons between Jesus and Buddha as well. Mm. It's just that Buddha's got like another like 500 odd Jesus yeah, yeah. <laughs> on him. But, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> That's very interesting. And so the other thing that I was wondering about is um, how much do you think the way you see the world is still very Christian? Uh, quite, quite a lot. I mean, the judgments I like, I've been working a lot with my own judgment towards myself and towards other people. And what I'm starting to sort of wake up to and realize, I think a lot of that judgment is coming from the sort of the Christian. Uh, I think it's an interpretation uh, because it's, I don't think it's what, Jesus actually meant when he was speaking. Uh, mm. I think it's a, it's an interpretation and a manipulation of what he said in terms of religion and and uh, government to sort of uh, grasp power in a way, uh, or they just sort of unconsciously believe. I don't know. It's hard to decipher exactly uh, there, but um, I can feel a lot with the, from from Sweden in 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 the way. Uh, people judge each other and uh, you're you're wrong and I'm right and that's how it is you're a bad person because you don't think the way I like the, the old cancel culture like that's a fucking that's judgment on steroids yeah yeah it's yeah it's the worst kind of uh, it's a very puritan yeah yeah, rich yeah, yeah 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 and like the the disrespect that we have for other human beings in the west is like we don't see each other we don't see that we are there's another human being there and we want that guy to be killed because he tweeted something on Facebook or tweet, yeah, wrote something on social media, right? Yeah. He said that uh, Trump is a good person and now he has to die or whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like it's, a, it's insane. He game. must lose his job, his yeah, kids. Yeah, he can't yeah. feed his kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, and, like, and, and, it's, and it's so interesting because Jesus' last words on the cross or one of the last like is forgive them father because they do, do not know what they do, right? Something like that. And uh, the, the 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 what do you call it? The, the people and the, the judges of uh, Israel in that time who crucify uh, Jesus, right? Those are most of the people today. They want to crucify someone, right? And but they don't see it. They do believe that they are good and and the others are evil. 
and the other need to be crucified mm. for their behaviors. Uh, and, and here uh, it's the wisdom of the East where they don't, they see or try to, the, the, the ones that are deep into Buddhism at least try to see the humanity in everyone, have love and compassion. Yeah, and like with the judgments, the more, the more I've been working on it lately, like intellectually I read this and then I was like, oh yeah, that makes sense. But then it's mm. like, you've got to actually like turn it into yeah. who you are. And the judgments one is like, all of my judgments from people are just about myself anyway. Like, I'm just a fucking narcissist. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, if someone's screaming at me about what a terrible person I am, I'm just like, ah. Yeah. Like, when I was screaming at you about what a terrible person, like, yeah, when yeah, I'm angry yeah. at someone, I'm normally angry at myself. So yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. yeah. And then, so it's, and I think that at least we used to have this idea of like, you've got a soul that's like come from God, that there's something like mm. unique and special about it and that there's something important going on there. And then I think we just needed to take it one step further of like, we're all one soul yeah, yeah. doing some weird game with itself. Yeah. And then we've completely lost that. And now we're like, you're a terrible person. You yeah, must die exactly. and stuff. But yeah. like, you're just, that's like, you're fingering your thumb having an argument. Do you <laughs> yeah. know what I mean? It's so fucking stupid. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but then, uh, yeah, it's just, um, yeah, I found, found, something that I found very liberating here is that you can just... Um, you can talk without people always trying to get one over on you or try to yeah, yeah. like find some problem with what you're like. You can just yeah. talk. Yeah. yeah. So uh, get back to where you say about the the, the Thai uh, community. Yeah. They seem to be more cleaner. So uh, that's something. Even like uh, Italian is fairly sort of westernized, uh, especially here in Southeast Asia. One of the more westernized. Um, Bangkok is a big uh, crazy city with a lot of capitalism and, 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 but something that they have I think they're losing it a little bit but hopefully not too much uh, but they have the, the sort of mindfulness and meditation a lot in their culture from, from early age right so so one of the things uh, that uh, uh, the teenage uh, boys have to do right uh, is that they have to spend at least one month uh, as a monk right mm. um, Throughout, uh, at some point during their life, many do it in the teenage years, um, and as I understand it, uh, there's a there's a month in March and April, something uh, they have a holiday and they can go and be sort of monk uh, or a novice monk at uh, for for one month, mm. and then there's different programs you can do sort of uh, uh, to sort of initiate yourself into the monk life. Mm. Um, so I've been speaking to a few monks, and, and and one of the things they are doing or can do if they want is that they go and meditate uh, on the graveyards uh, in the mi uh, middle of the night, right? Uh, to contemplate death. So a 14-year-old doing that, uh, like tell a 14-year-old to go meditate the graveyard alone in, in, in Sweden or in, in, in Europe, right? It, that, that would be considered probably child abuse. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Whereas uh, 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 sort of that uh, rich, <laughs> ritual about... Uh, the teenage uh, boys, as they are slowly becoming men, to realize the depth of, of life in, in that way. Like another way they do in Amazon is the, the ayahuasca they give from early age, right? Mm -hmm. So they're more connected to, to, to life that way. Um, yeah. And there's something about, like, I'm sure everyone's got one, especially if you've done, like, 
especially if you've done like a few ceremonies with ayahuasca or with psychedelics, is like I feel like the first the third the first thing that you have to do is come up against death, mm. and then that's when it begins, mm. and then. The way I was brought up is like death barely even exists. Yeah. We don't even acknowledge yeah, it. The last like, second of life. Yeah, even like until you're like in your teenagers. Yeah. Like even like or like like you're just so protected from the idea that death even exists. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. still remember being like five and realizing that everyone I knew was gonna die, oh. and I was like, "Fuck, I'm gonna die." Yeah. And it like, um, you know, I think I probably went crying to my mum, and she went, "Oh, don't worry, mummy's yeah, not yeah, gonna yeah, die." Yeah, or, yeah. Do you know, like yeah, we're yeah, just yeah, in yeah, denial. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then it's like even. Um, I try to integrate here and it's like I'm trying to learn the language and everything but I, and I get judgmental towards people that don't mm-hmm. but one of the I met with a friend recently and like one of the things I said to her was like you just need to get comfortable with death mm-hmm. like because like you'll chill out so much more yeah, 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 yeah. so how yeah what do you think about death I, d- I definitely think yeah, I've been thinking a lot about death the last few years I would say and like from the from the first ayahuasca trip for sure yeah. I was curious before but like the the amount of fear we have for for death is just immense like that's that's one of the the, the deepest uh, uh, like suppressed things right like if you have uh, I mean going back to the monk that created the, the technique the pastana technique like 10 generations imagine uh, imagine what have happened in 10 generations like a few of your ancestors could have been sort of murderers like we don't know yeah. fully right imagine the suppressed energies around the uh, death and fear of death uh, if you've been a sort of murderer or violent or like just there's so much condensed uh, energy that's deep 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 inside you yeah. and if that needs to come out it's going to be felt like there's no other way than to feel them because at some point you or one of your ancestors didn't want to feel that feeling. Uh, so if you want to be clear, if you want to cleanse yourself from all this energy, you have to let it run through your mind and let you have to see it. And that's the that's why well that's that's the reason for all the distractions we have in the world like shopping, sex, uh, food, uh, like anything, the cell phone, thinking, overthinking, like all these things are just avoidant. Strategies for not feeling, and the deepest fear is the the uh, the fear of death. Right, we just want to avoid it to every price. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and yeah. I feel like it's it's the fundamental fear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so if, as you deal with that one, the rest starts yeah, yeah, to yeah. fall away. I gotta say though, because uh, I've been uh, in my last vipassana here, so uh, death was a sort of a, a big thing uh, uh, that I discussed with my teacher there, and his sort of advice is kind of not actually try to solve that one right away because it's so big mm. yeah we, we work way more gently in vipassana of course you're going to come up to death and i did the few times in in this vipassana because um, I'm, I'm curious i want to test myself i want to push my limits but it's also if you're not careful you can spiral into a, a almost like an unlimited amount of fear yeah. so you just and and if you're that afraid with that much fearful energy you can you can spiral quite deep right yeah, yeah. so we've got to balance that quite uh, quite well i heard in india they actually have like a term or actually in tibet maybe they have a term for like westerners that have gone crazy through meditation mm. and it's like from what i read it's like because we come in like there's a thing to achieve yeah and we come in to do it and yeah. so we try and do all of the like yeah like 
in the West, we've always got to do the most of the best. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's always got to be the most and the best. Yeah. And so we come in like that, and then before you know it, you're like, you're jumping off the top of the temple to kill yourself because mm. you think you're a bodhisattva. Yeah. And you need to kill yourself in order to be fully become the bodhisattva. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. one story that I read. And, oh, really? Yeah. And um, the. So I've been thinking about. Uh, it seems to me, from my growing up in a village in Kent and then moving mm-hmm. to Thailand somehow, is that like there's this like Yogananda said this material efficiency of the West which is now becoming more kind of globalised like yeah. we can't claim it anymore because mm. like you go to like Korea or something yeah, yeah, yeah. and then you've got the spiritual efficiency of the East which is like you know you can go you can probably go to my small little town in Kent somewhere in the southeast of England and you can find yoga and meditation and everything mm. and there's like you know you've got like something like uh, Eckhart Tolle so you've got these like Western teachers yeah. that are popping up and so that's becoming more globalized. Mm. And then it feels to me like the, the Andes and the Amazon is like this fulcrum. And mm-hmm. so out of there, we're getting kind of ayahuasca and San Pedro. Mm. And it feels like what they're doing is kind of, they're, in some way, they're helping us catch up. Because mm. I would go to like a meditation thing with a Thai Buddhist, like a Thai monk teacher. And they would be like, right, everyone, close your eyes and stop thinking. And I'm like, whoa. Like, it's like going to a gymnastic class. And they're like, right, everyone, just to yeah, warm up. Do a two back big <laughs> yeah, do you know? You're fucked. So um, there's a monk that I like called Ajahn Brahm on YouTube. Mm. He's British. Oh. Was here for like 50 years and now he's in Australia. Yeah, I think I know about him. Yeah. So he, he's like, he kind of gets that we need to get from kind of A to B. Yeah, 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 whereas yeah. like sometimes you go for a meditation retreat and they want you to start at F. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so I feel like the medicine, like my meditation's changed mm. after medicine. Oh, um, really? Yeah, so much, so much. Yeah. And yeah, I feel like it's kind of helping us catch up a bit. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I definitely needed that sort of ayahuasca trip to sort of just to see the something, something that like something beyond me, right? Because it's so hard, like, like I said with the Sadhguru quote, or like the Western mind identify itself from what it do know. Like it's such a trap, like because we don't know shit, <laughs> and it's such a limitation. Um, yeah, so we want to get out of that, and but it's not easy to see. Like you don't know what you don't know, right? It's yeah. un- impossible to see. Yeah. So you gotta trust. You gotta trust the uh, the process in a way, and that's very hard. We want evidence fast as fuck yeah 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 and yeah. um, if we can't move without the evidence there's only so mm. much that we mm. can do yeah but what about um because we shit on christianity in the <laughs> but i think it's because we've come from it yeah, yeah, and yeah i've yeah. met i've met um people that grew up as buddhists that become christians yeah, and yeah, we, yeah, we're yeah. basically the same people yeah yeah probably. and so what do you think is like either stuff that you've like rediscovered from like your western christian upbringing uh-huh. or stuff that you've kept what do you think is like good about it or... um yeah i mean the the skeptical mind is not uh all bad right uh yeah. you should be discerning at least you should discern not believe every word you hear from other people yeah. and that is definitely um uh useful uh you can't get caught in the discerning and the judgment of, of everything like and, and hold on to it and believe that this is how it is but just keep a sort of a distance to uh, to 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 everything uh, in sweden we have this turn of uh, um what's it called lagom 
uh, so lagom is sort of the middle way, but in a sort of atheist uh, sense, like yeah. lagom should be, yeah, it, it kind of like ties back into the um, something called Jante law in, in Sweden, which is a little bit of a uh, have it all of a Scandinavia, but like, a, yeah, you shouldn't stand out too much in a way. You shouldn't uh, be a, like an American sort of uh, braggadocious about yourself. You should be sort of humble, but in the Swedish way, come become a little bit suppressive. Mm. But the but the term lagom is sort of that sort of everything should be in like midway. Don't try to overperform, and and I do think it's uh, some wisdom in that. Um, and initially, I think it was a lot of wisdom, a lot of contemplation, and probably some spirituality that created that term back in probably sixteen, seventeen hundreds, right? Uh, but um, uh, but now it's bit maybe suppressive uh, for for people uh, to not express themselves fully in a way yeah 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 and i see that with um some of my thai friends where we're all very polite here we're all very calm we're mm. very caring but then there's there is a suppression that can come with that yeah, as well yeah um i think that it's if you if you take the ideas of Buddhism mm. but then you don't have the practice mm. with it, yeah. it can quite easily just be it's, another it's the same set thing. of rules. That's I mean you have a, you have yeah. a meditating monk, Christian monks as well, right? Yeah. Uh, they're not as uh, common but but uh, they're out there. Uh, I think there are some in Sweden. Uh, it's just they have the same sort of practice as the Buddhists. Like they don't they don't Tell anyone to change. They're not marketing themselves. They're not out there preaching. Yeah. They are uh, at their monastery and doing the work, doing yeah. the practice. Uh, so, uh, so I think that's what I think. Uh, like Jesus is sort of misunderstood because I think in the end, like Jesus sort of meant the same thing uh, with oneness uh, and uh, have the same similar practices. It's just different words and then misunderstood throughout time. Um, and yeah, the because he's always like the kingdom of God is here. Yeah, like heaven and hell is you. here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's yeah, you. yeah, it's yeah, now. It's, it's, yeah, yeah. I am the kingdom. I'm God's son. But we meant we thought it was literally and only him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so there's another thing. Like throw away your idols. Like mm-hmm. there's a few uh, paragraphs. Uh, like I haven't read the Bible a lot, but like I remember he, uh, like uh, discard your idols, throw away your idols, right? And this is the same thing as uh, Buddha says, don't listen to me, mm. right? You shouldn't idolize Jesus. Yeah. Follow his teachings, but in the end, you're also Jesus. You're the same. You have the same potential yeah. capacity to, yeah. Well, you know, uh, have you heard of the Council of Nicaea? Uh, not really. No, so it's when the Roman Empire switched to Christianity, mm. like officially. Mm. They had this Council of Nicaea where they got all of the Gospels. Mm. So I can't remember how many Gospels we really have in the Bible. But it was where they basically, that was where they edited the Bible to the official version. Oh, okay. And so the major, when we find like ancient manuscripts and Dead Sea Scrolls and all of these, what you tend to see is that Jesus is just a person. Mm. Like he's more like just a sage, mm. just a wise man. Yeah. And then it's later that there are some texts that say he's like the son of God mm. rather than a son of God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that, that's what they favoured yeah. when they adopted it to officially make like yeah. the Roman Catholic Church. Makes sense. Makes sense. And so it's like, 
they purposely want you to think that God is out there, yeah, not yeah. in there, because otherwise you don't need to come to their special building. And talk yeah, to yeah, their that's right. Like, yeah, definitely. Uh, and and back to the the, the, the Buddhism, like there's tons of uh, sort of Thai and uh, sort of Asian that that go to the temple and give the gifts, but they don't meditate. Yeah, yeah, and, and like. Yeah, one of the things that uh, Buddha emphasized is the yeah, go and see for yourself. Don't listen to me. And so, and, and, and I talked to my teacher about this, my uh, Vipassana, like, I think it was the last one, or maybe the first one, it kind of dawned on me, like, Buddha wouldn't have wanted Buddhism, right? And he's like, no. <laughs> Buddha, Buddha wouldn't have wanted Buddhism. He's yeah. like, don't follow me. Uh, but, but then humans are humans and create this religion and the rules and the structures. Yeah. Uh, but Buddha, you're missing the point if you if you need the religion, because uh, yeah, throw away your idols. There's nothing to follow except yourself. Well, it feels like because it's like the Buddha's a crest of a wave, and so there's got to be the rest of the wave underneath the crest. Yeah, I guess under, so. Yeah, under the so yeah, like it's kind of like, um, we did a podcast with Aaron Ng. Shout out Aaron Ng, mostly yoga mm-hmm. podcast with Jackson okay. and we got into good versus evil mm. and so we got into Hitler wow as you always do yeah. and it was like <laughs> yes Hitler was this like incredibly evil individual mm. but he's the, the point the crest of mm. a wave mm. and so there's like there's all of this fucking whatever that weird homicidal energy going on mm. and it comes up in the crest of this one highly damaged individual mm. who has an incredible power to manipulate mm. and he's the crest of this wave and so I think this is probably consistent with Buddhist teachings of like every now and like because Buddha said he's not the first one mm. he won't be the last one yeah, yeah. but every now and then you just get someone who's the crest of a wave and yeah, they come yeah, at the yeah. right time and yeah. so it's like it's all of our energy yeah. but and we all culminate in these yeah yeah, yeah, yeah probably and yeah. then I think the problem might be getting too attached to like this is my wave I'm a Buddhist yeah. I'm English yeah. and this I'm that and it's all just waves yeah like, yeah, 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 yeah yeah it's all the same ocean yeah 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 yeah, so so kind of like what I what I uh, alluded to before, like it's once you get into the energy of kind of wanting others to change, wanting the world to change, even your first small opinion about this podcast, like anything, as soon as you get into the energy of wanting something to change, then there's just a spectrum, and the 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 very far end of that spectrum is Hitler, right? He wanted, he thought that the the, the world would be a better place if there was no Jews, right? Yeah. 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 Only the Aryan yeah. Uh, race. Yeah. And that was his mission, and he believed that. And uh, not to mention any sort of specific uh, movements today, but you can see it in, 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 in many different situations around the world today, right? Political, um, political uh, worlds that are... People just are certain that they are uh, right, right. And, yeah. and the others are wrong, and they are willing to die for that and they're willing to kill for that and that's where I think we need to reconsider (laughs) yeah I I used to do I've moved all over the political spectrum oh yeah and especially as a teenager like trying to Mm. figure out what was going on and I got into extreme right extreme left yeah I went everywhere and um but then, like, in my later teen years, it was way more, like, I volunteered for the Labour Party in the UK. Oh, yeah. and I gave my CV to, like, their um, prime ministerial candidate. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah like, yeah, met some, met some cool people. But, uh, 
then I was watching Jordan Peterson videos mm. as like a young, like mid, early mid twenties guy. Like, oh, what yeah. the fuck am I doing with my life? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I can't just do cocaine and yeah, 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 yeah. prostitutes all the time. It's yeah. stupid. <laughs> like, this isn't gonna. Look, I, I see people doing it in their fifties, and I don't mm, want to be yeah, that. Yeah, so, yeah. what the fuck am I doing? Yeah, yeah. And then Jordan Peterson's like, maybe you could be responsible and clean mm, your room. And you're yeah, like, yeah. yeah, maybe I could just be a man. So that's a still trying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what is a man? Yeah, but he said. Um, he was like when you he was like when you talk to people about politics and you, you say to people like what about what communism did or whatever mm. their ideology mm. and they're like no but that wasn't real communism and I was one of those like mm. no but Russia wasn't real communism mm. blah blah and then he was like what they're really saying is if only you let me run the world everything exactly. would be okay yeah, yeah, and yeah. that's so dangerous yeah, and I was yeah. like fuck that's me I yeah, just yeah. wanted to run the world yeah, yeah, and then it's like the reason I wanted to run the world is because I had no idea what was going on yeah. and I was just trying to get away from yeah. the fact I can't even control myself yeah it's like uh, yeah I, I, I've had my episode with uh, Jordan Peterson like and definitely uh, I, like a good one initially uh, it woke me up to a lot of uh, political things and he I would say one of the reasons why I decided to to start the international relations for a year there like i needed to dive deeper into the theories and understand not only listen to him right um but uh where was going with this uh so he yeah is that like the the road to hell is paved with good intentions right and the same with, with hitler i'm sure uh mostly uh, he 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 had good intentions in his mind uh, his intentions were good right mm-hmm. Uh, same as um, well, any political organization, they think that they are right and they are good, yeah. uh, but, but just they need to dispense with the, all the other stuff, <laughs> all the other yeah. people, <laughs> just yeah, make yeah. work, yeah, all other uh, like inconvenient opinions. People. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and, and for Jordan Peterson, like, yeah, now I've, I've yeah stopped listening, stopped listening to him last yeah, year. Uh, I definitely think um, he is uh, he is stuck in that sort of uh, fundamentalist uh, this is how the world should be kind of mindset I'm still very angry very angry and this is like this is what I was mentioning earlier uh, about the, the 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 western system uh, healthcare system is a sort of five year old in a way like thinking like if so Jordan Peterson like I love him I got his all my respect but like a world renowned psychologist uh, helping other people but still are on antidepressant himself mm. and there's something wrong uh, yeah there's this 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 match like if if our sort of most knowledgeable uh supposedly competent health professionals don't have their own health mm. i can't uh i can't uh, i can't sort of accept that fully whereas if you go into uh, buddhism hinduism uh, yoga and, and some other philosophies like it's a long, treacherous path, but there is a true, true and tried way, thousand years old, uh, about how to get to freedom and, and not be angry, sad, homicidal, murderous, whatever it is, right? Just be content, peaceful, and, pe- and treat people with respect and love and kindness. Um, I can already hear, like, the old me or even like people that I know that I'm making imagination in my mind now mm. of like yeah but you can't do that because people are cunts yeah yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah 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 and it's yeah. like yeah that, I think but as soon as you push things to their extreme uh-huh. and you're talking about theoretically you're already fucked yeah like don't lie mm. but 
what if the Nazis knock on your door and they ask where Anne Frank is? Mm, yeah. Do you just tell them that she's in, she's upstairs yeah, or not? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, no, yeah, you yeah, fucking yeah. lie. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. so, but it's, um, yeah. I mean, yeah, it comes back to, the, well, if some Nazis come and knock on your door, like, yeah, it's, it's, it's a very hard decision, of course. And, and that's life. That's how you kind of want to, or have to deal with it. Like we all, encounter these uh, difficult situations in, in various forms and we learn from it. Um, what kind of vipassana and the meditation part does is sort of be able to distance yourself and make uh, good uh, decisions in those situations so you don't get caught in the fear and the anger and the sadness and whatever it might be and sort of uh, be content with whatever comes at you. Of course it's a very long journey, it's not easy, not easy at all, um, but it's definitely worth it in, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. What do you think about the balance between like when to act and when not to act? Um... Yeah, um, we we mentioned a little bit before we started the podcast here, but like um, intuition is something that's uh, been coming to me more and more. Uh, like I've always been like a big thinker. Uh, I'm I still am a huge thinker. I love love. <laughs> <laughs> Mental masturbation is my <laughs> my hobby. <laughs> yeah, 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 for sure. <laughs> but uh, what I come to sort of uh, gradually understand it's it's tons more like I got like one percent maybe figure out, but it's like trusting the intuition and and the heart uh, and the gut feeling, uh, uh, the energy that comes from within. Um, trust that more. So I'm more of a okay. Set an intention have somewhat of a plan to sort of execute in whatever project what you want to do and then let God take you away like let let things fall where they may where, where they may and uh, don't attach to any any outcomes yeah. um, I heard I, I heard uh, I think there was some channeling uh, podcast I listened to uh, I can't remember what Saint Germain or Ra or something, uh, some channeling, uh, and they said like the only thing that your parents have control over of you is uh, your name. The rest is sort of set. Like you can't like you have free will, but like God's plan is already set. Like they doesn't doesn't matter if they give you uh, apple juice or milk for breakfast. Doesn't matter. Like you just gotta accept the the journey your kid is gonna take. And and I think that's sort of the. Yeah, trusting and uh, yeah, let, letting things unfold. One of my Muslim friends, she said that the way that she was taught is um, like God has written many stories for you. Mm. You get to like make choices, yeah. but God's already written the whole thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of like those, God's like, written all the stories already. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. like Dungeon and Dragons, where yeah, you yeah. make a decision, so you skip to a page. Yeah. It's already written, yeah, but yeah. you're just, yeah. Um, yeah. And then... The, ah, oh, fuck, there was a really good question that I had about that. It was like, parental guilt. Oh, yeah? Have you got kids? No. No, no, no. So there's so much guilt. Oh, yeah, yeah, I've heard about that. Because <laughs> you're just like, fuck, if I make this decision or that decision, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's okay when it's just like my stupid decision affects me or whatever. Yeah, yeah. But it's like, oh, there's so much guilt involved. Yeah, yeah. And especially like, I think there's less here mm. because the way that I've seen parenting here is very much like, well, children are children and you just let them be children. Yeah. They turn into adults. Yeah. And then the Western style was like, if you don't do it exactly right, exactly. they're yeah, going to yeah. fucking, yeah, they're yeah, going to yeah. be a loser. Yeah. No. Yeah. Whereas here they're just like, 
No, it's like a flower. Mm. Like you don't have to you don't have to check the flower every five seconds. Yeah, yeah. You just give it some water when it needs water, and it'll turn okay. into a fucking flower. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, and like, so I think that the only thing that's helped me, maybe my kids will listen to this in eighteen years and be like, "Ah, oh, this is why you're such a dickhead." Mm. But <laughs> is that I'm just thinking like I've had to do so much work, mm. and I can't take their karmic work away from them. Mm. Like I can't mm. take away what they're gonna they're gonna have anger they're gonna have jealousy mm. they're gonna have they're gonna have all of that. Whereas I think the illusion that's causing us so much stress, like like my mum, like I've had loads of resentment against my mum mm. and like worth. And at the end of the day, she's just like trying her best. She's just fucking stupid yeah, as yeah, I yeah, am. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah exactly. Do you know what I mean? And like. My mum was like 19 when she had my yeah, sister. Yeah, yeah. And like, I was really. retarded when I was 19. I still am. Like, <laughs> my mum was only two years older than yeah, me when yeah, she yeah. had me. And she already had like two kids. Yeah. And it was just fucking old. Mm. And we think that if we can, if we can do it just right, our yeah, kids yeah, will yeah. become what we should have become. Yeah, yeah, that yeah, we didn't yeah, because yeah, we made yeah. silly. And yeah. it's like, nah, they're just going to become who they are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah and yeah. you just got to kind of just, I don't know. I don't really know. No, 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 it's too, uh, it's very complex. And uh, yeah, I've got a very similar story. And uh, it's one of my sort of core pieces to work on uh, during this Vipassana. Like, yeah, me and my mom's uh, relationship. And uh, yeah, I just came to the conclusion that uh, I got to give her some slack as well. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, similar, like, uh, she's young and uh, did her best. Yeah. Um, yeah. And like, um, the... I, I feel like we're really encouraged in the West to hate our parents. Like you go to therapy and they're like, what did your parents yeah. do wrong? And you're That's like, true. yeah, but what happened to my parents and what happened to yeah, their yeah, parents? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it goes on forever. You can't, yeah. that was a, um, my last ayahuasca ceremony. She was like, it's no one's fault. Mm, yeah. And she just made me like see yeah. that in so many situations of like, yeah. it's all so complex. Yeah. But you, you go to therapy and the first thing they want to do is like blame your parents. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or maybe they want to let you like, let you get that off your chest, but it's always yeah, I mean, like, like I think it's a common uh, thing uh, that that many like uh, that is a sort of a release or way out to understand themselves a little bit at least yeah. is to start in uh, doing the research about the relationship with the parents. Yeah. So I think it's an easy way out for the uh, therapist yeah. to just start there. It's like how's your relationship? With you? And I can I can definitely relate uh, and see that like. Very many times, uh, it's the relationship to mostly their mom, but then also their dad, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. I heard the Dalai Lama say that um, the thing that Western psychology gets wrong is that it stops at birth. <laughs> they want to know about everything that happened to you up until your birth in this life, and then they stop. And so it's like what you said uh, with the Vipassana, like we can clear out 10 generations yeah, yeah, yeah. of yeah. stuff and previous lifetimes and everything. Yeah. And we just, I think... I worked in addiction treatment for a long time. Oh, yeah. Um, and, well, actually not that long, but mm. when I was learning how to do interventions, oh, yeah. like the drug addict doesn't want help, mm. we corner them and we like yeah, yeah. put them in cuffs and that we don't. But we, one of the things that we learned in that was like, when you go into the family of the drug addict, uh. what you'll start to see is that the drug addict is the only one paying attention to how fucked everything is. Uh. And if you what you do in this technique we taught is you um the person that calls you mm. you get as many friends and family contacts as you can mm. and you just interview the fuck out of everyone about the whole family tree oh. and then what you'll find is that 
when you start planning out family trees and you find out about the suicides and the oh, alcoholism yeah, yeah, yeah. and yeah, yeah. all of the trauma is like there's normally like a big trauma mm. so there'll be like a family member like the grand great grandfather mm. and he had to move from Ireland to America when he was 12 on his own mm. and he just became an alcoholic by the age of 13 mm. and, and then out of that you've had all these generations yeah, 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 of, yeah, yeah. and like it's not it's more often than not the original trauma is like a big displacement or big dis- mm. disconnection mm. from community or something mm. so even things like suicide mm. we were taught to see that as, as symptoms mm. of the family's issues mm. so it's not actually the tr- like so like um so what happened with my father mm. and so for me that was always like if my dad hadn't have done that everything mm. would be okay but mm. it's like no that's just a symptom of stuff that's been going mm. on forever yeah, 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 yeah. and so the like we're starting to we're starting to expand the way we see yeah. like the mind as being yeah, yeah, like yeah. just me in my little brain in my little yeah, body yeah, yeah, yeah. but it just again it's like from the western science we're just catching up yeah, yeah, yeah. to what is already known here so one one of the sort of perspectives that have helped me so i've been listening to like <laughs> my friends at home gonna laugh a lot of me if they hear this but like channeling and uh, NDE bo- podcast, so it's a near-death experience yeah. podcast, right? And, and um, what what is being said sort of repeatedly uh, around around this is that we are uh, we are souls uh, in a sort of high dimension that are incarnated into this sort of uh, three-dimensional physical body, and we are here to grow as uh, as uh, as souls and uh, we learn by being in this dualistic sort of dimension of, of 3d like everything has like we the, the 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 physical world we're in like we are defined by its polar opposite in a way like we, you don't have black if you don't have white you don't have love if you don't have hate in a way like so we can't know anything if we don't have the opposite um and so so if we are here as a soul uh, incarnated to learn as souls, um, what I've sort of heard is that we are also choosing our sort of soul family uh, before we, and all the challenges we want to experience in this life. So uh, if, yeah, whatever problem you have in your life in a way, uh, money, relationship, uh, sex, whatever, it is the thing you're supposed to overcome in this lifetime. And you're supposed to work on it and let it go and accept God for what it is and that you don't have any control. You're here to fucking enjoy it. But uh, yeah, we're just so stuck in our uh, stories. So we just want to mentally masturbate in that story until we die. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I feel like it's like um, like the universe is this big self-balancing equation yeah, yeah, yeah. with this weird uncertainty principle. Uh-huh. So it's not perfectly balanced all the time, but it's... It's, also, it's perfectly imbalanced. It's constantly fluxing yeah, yeah, to yeah. maintain balance. Yeah, yeah. Because it's got this like free will uncertainty yeah, thrown yeah, into yeah. it. Yeah. And so all you're really here to do is just recycle whatever's going on yeah. and just like yeah. you're like you can you can you can still like a duality, but it's like like your um, uncle can molest you, and so you can become a molester. 
or you can help save people from being molested. Mm. Like your dad can be an alcoholic and you can be an alcoholic or you can be an addictions counselor. Mm. Like, and you can get two, you can get twins born into the yeah, same yeah. family and yeah. one's gonna be an alcoholic and the other one's gonna be like a Christian pastor who never yeah, drinks. Yeah, yeah. And like, it just seems to me like for whatever reason, it feels better to me right now to try and be like quote unquote good. Uh-huh. like there's some kind of truth to align with uh-huh. but the thing I'm struggling with is like well when you go on like there are people who want to be bad mm. like bad so like um, I took a lot of resentment from um, my father passing away after like a big financial crash mm. and I turned that into a sales career to where all I wanted to do was just rip people off. I was just taking out my vengeance on the oh, world. Mm. Yeah, so it was like, so you can be on the side of dark quite mm. um, consciously if you want to mm. kind of thing. Mm. But it's a very, you end up very like lost in illusion mm. kind of thing. Or you can go, right, okay, so I have all of this pain. Mm. Let's sit with it. And yeah. it turns into compassion by itself. Mm. So like... Like, if there's no good and evil, if there's only light and dark, then why not lie? Why not cause pain and suffering to other people? Mm. So, I don't, I, I don't have any answer. Uh, and once again, don't listen to me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> or me. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. But, so, the, what, what I can say about this, so, another sort of chanting I've heard is uh, from Ra, uh, and, and they talk about um, polarizing. So, think of a battery negative and, and positive so uh, to become enlightened uh, you have to fully give in to one of the sides so either you work fully 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 100% for the good or you let go fully 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 into the negative and you don't give a shit and then we have the sort of psychopathic uh, behavior right yeah um, and uh, in, in this uh, in this sort of uh, channeling they ask about uh, Hitler And they said, uh, and they asked, like, was he fully polarized to the negative? And they said, no, not fully. But he was very much on the way there. Because he, I think they said, like, he, uh, he still sort of believed that he was doing good. He hadn't accepted he really just hated the world fully. Uh, but some people do. And they become enlightened. It's fucked up to realize. You can distance yourself from your personality uh, and see yourself, but still choose to be So, so enlightenment doesn't necessarily mean that you're good. Yeah. Yeah. Just that you're distancing yourself uh, to uh, to to your sort of own behavior, your own ego, and can see yourself. Uh, yeah. So it's a um, really interesting thing I've tried to wrap my head around with the um, shamans in Peru. Mm. They have the um, how did how did Rafa explain it to me? Essentially, you have like white magic, black magic, and then there's red magic. Mm. Don't remember the red magic so much, but it's like you have like the Iwascaros who are the healers, and then you have like the Brujos. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like B R U J O S. I'm definitely saying it wrong, but um, and so they they and the Brujos they're the ones that you go to to put a curse on your business um, oh, yeah. opposition, I heard like your competitor. And I was like, I was trying trying to say to my friend, like, but why does ayahuasca help them? Because when I go to ayahuasca, she mm. helps me become mm. nicer. 
but it's like no but that's because that's why you came to ayahuasca yeah, yeah, yeah. but she's she's a mother mm. and you watch serial killer documentaries and the mum's like but he was such a good boy yeah, when yeah. He, no he wasn't he was killing rabbits at five mm. <laughs> but it's just like that's a mother's love yeah yeah so if you come to her and you with the right i don't know kind of technique and skill with everything yeah, that ayahuasca yeah. has and then you say right I'm, i'm mother can you help me do this mm. she's like okay mm, yeah but then also she's beyond good and like it's all like these yeah. kind of cosmic forces are beyond good yeah, and yeah. evil and yeah so it's like this kind well, of I, i would i would say that then like everyone has its karmic path right uh so these uh bojoneros or, or what, what you said yeah. like they will i would i would say they are unconsciously choosing the dark like we've both been there anyway most people probably have uh where they uh they're just very angry for quite some time, like a few years, right? And they don't see, it's unconscious behavior. Uh, they don't see how angry they are. They just like, the world is there to attack them and they need to defend themselves and they need to murder people along the way to, to do it or steal or whatever it might be. Um, so uh, just because these bojoneros are uh, for some time doing that, doesn't mean that they're always staying that, right? So, so I believe everyone goes through their dark night of soul or, or, or black, uh, black path in a way uh, to find the light. The, yeah. There's something about the, um, the jungle here. Mm. I definitely get the feeling you stand in the Amazon and you stand in the jungle here and you're like, if I slept here, And then I woke up in the other jungle. I wouldn't really know. Like I wouldn't know straight away, having no, not grown no. up in either of them. And there's definitely like their cousins. Yeah. And you can even see like species and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, like you can see like Bob and Santa, the trees that look like Bob and Santa here. And mm. but I feel like there's a one of the differences here is that when you're in the Amazon, you really get the sense of it doesn't give a fuck about you, mm. and everything's trying to kill you. Mm. And then when you're in the jungle here, you don't feel that so much. Mm. And I don't fully understand why, but there's an interesting thing that I think BK said of like in like in Europe, it gets cold in the winter yeah. and everything dies. Mm. And if you haven't been working hard all summer to prepare, mm. then you'll die. Mm. And if you don't work hard all winter to stay alive, you'll die. Yeah, yeah. And so there's no, there's never really any rest. Mm. Like maybe in the agricultural days, you know. Like, yeah. Um, but that idea of like, we've got to fucking go, man. Yeah, we have to plan. Yeah. And then in the jungle, I did find that people were, um, I found that people were more similar to like Thailand than they were to like England. Kind yeah. Of thing, yeah. In yeah. terms of attitudes and stuff, like like just laid back, family oriented, yeah, yeah. like yeah, interconnected, happy. Yeah. But they're definitely harder. Yeah. I mean, uh, I would say, like, so... I'm, I, I've, I don't know if you know, but I've been doing like trail running uh, as sort of a hobby. Um, and trail uh, running? Trail, oh, in, the, trail in, the, in the mountain, okay, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. And uh, you do these uh, sort of long runs, uh, like last year I was very into it. And like, yeah, I did a hundred mile race. I didn't finish. I, I, I gave up at 106 kilometers. Okay. It was like 26 hours running, right? So uh, when you do these training runs for, for those kind of like you're out in the jungle alone for many, many hours. And at that, at that point, you, you can definitely uh, feel, I, I, I was thinking the same, like Raf, I was talking to this uh, with Raf, uh, for example, 
like yeah i i if i stop uh i feel like everything is attacking me like i i need to defend myself like when you're deep in the in the jungle like there's insects there's spiders there's snakes there's but so i would also say that uh, we are uh, in the northern thailand now right so if if you go down to to the similar area in the uh, around the equator uh as the amazon yeah. you are down in the in indonesia right okay and that's where you have the real jungle you can always see like here compared to phuket and south of thailand it's yeah. quite a difference in terms of density in the jungle yeah. i think like if you have the humidity and the heater even even higher yeah. uh, then more more species will will be there uh so just more species yeah um, so maybe that's the magic in so because um, what PK was saying is that he thinks one of the reasons why things are so peaceful, like around mm. here and everything, is there's so much abundance. Yeah. Like the like there's so many different types of fruit. Yeah, yeah. There's so like obviously now we've got factory farming and stuff. So yeah, yeah. But there's so many different types of fruit that are available all throughout the year. And, yeah, yeah. And like worst the worst the weather ever gets is that it rains. Yeah. yeah, yeah. A little bit too much, yeah. and it's a little bit cold at night. Yeah. Yeah. And so. And it's pretty stable. Like the sun, the yeah. sunset is always around six, seven pm. Yeah, 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 like everything's very yeah, just. Yeah. So you don't have this like right. Okay, we need to get as many apples as we can. Fuck, we need to make sure yeah, we don't yeah, die yeah. from the cold. Yeah, yeah. And so he was saying that he thinks that's why we're like more chill yeah, here. I definitely think yeah the same. Right, like you don't really like if shit would to go loose and like yeah, power outage and kind of world breakdown. Like you are. Um, more likely to survive here than, than like like in Sweden. They're like uh, frozen ground like uh, six seven months of the year, right? Yeah. Uh, like almost all the year, like up in the north, there's like three weeks of like fifteen degrees, and then it goes back down to zero. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so like uh, and in that case, you fucking need a plan, right? You yeah. Plan and you eat big meals and uh, yeah, you don't have much to choose from. Uh, yeah. So. I need to conserve stuff and, and yeah. I fully appreciate that this is a very um, childish and, and poorly thought out idea but <laughs> what I don't understand is that humans have spread across the globe oh. right who when I see like um, like Inuits or Eskimos yeah, or yeah. whatever like I'm just like why didn't you turn around and go back like who the fuck yeah, got yeah, here yeah, and was yeah, like yeah, yeah this yeah, is a great yeah, place yeah, we'll just stay here yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I just don't understand it like well I think uh, it hasn't been as cold as it is now yeah, yeah. Uh, throughout so so it gradually becomes colder i think it is if it happens uh, over hundreds and thousands of years yeah yeah, yeah. Over, over time uh, yeah. like if it gradually becomes colder over generations like you're not suddenly just gonna move away you you gradually adjust and like you don't you you you, you don't want to risk your family so you stay in the same neighborhood and yeah. like yeah uh, and the the land you own or something where you know even there's just rain there and uh, and sun a few weeks a year like yeah even like a more recent example is like if you look at people that live in like canada and alaska yeah like that they've only done that in the last 200 years and it was already cold oh yeah and they went that way yeah. and at no point did they think maybe we just go back to where it's warm <laughs> yeah. like they just like no we're here now we're just i mean i suppose if you've trekked hundreds of miles on foot and by a horse uh, yeah, maybe you just... Yeah, but also, like, yeah, some people are uh, just more inclined for the cold and just enjoy it. Like, I have many friends that they'd rather be in the cold. Yeah. Uh, I guess we are not one of them. Yeah, I, I love yeah, the yeah. I love the heat, but, like, I have a lot of friends that really enjoy, like... I've always tried to move south, and I got some of my friends that sort of moved north up in Sweden to, to... Like, I couldn't live in, in like... Uh, 
It's a big, uh, big city called Kiruna in northern Sweden. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the winter time, they like the the sun sets around like two p.m. and rises again around nine a.m. So you got like two, three hours, like true bright. Yeah. And on the other side, uh, in the summer, it's uh, it's long, long, or there's no night time. Just like have daylight twenty four seven. It's still cold, but like, yeah, and people love that. Uh, so yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's um, yeah. We're all different. Yeah, I really, sh- I really, really struggle with yourself. <laughs> always, yeah, 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 always, always. Yeah, good. But it's yeah, just how like um, recently I've been learning how to accept that I can't do everything. Mm. Like, but we can do everything. Yeah. And so I'm looking for people to like, balance my personality for the different projects that I work mm-hmm. on. And so. The, the yin yang that I've got in my head is like the accountant and the artist mm. and like I'm not like saying I'm a pure artist but I'm definitely more on that side mm. and so then it's looking for accountants to balance that mm. so that the stuff that I create is sustainable over time mm-hmm. like I make these projects mm. but if it's just me they fall apart yeah, yeah, yeah. but there's administrators who enjoy keeping things going yeah, yeah. and someone had to explain to me like Craig not only can you pay someone to do all of this spreadsheet stuff for mm. you but some people enjoy it mm. and I still can't wrap my head around ah. someone actually enjoying it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've accepted that that is what happens, but yeah, I yeah. can't put myself <laughs> in that yeah, yeah, in yeah. those shoes. Yeah. And I have the same problem with the cold. Oh, yeah. I just don't, I'm, I, oh, I, yeah. I can accept that people like the cold, but mm. I can't even imagine it. It's yeah, very yeah, weird. Yeah. I can uh, feel it a little bit more in a way. Like I enjoy the cold quite a bit when in bursts in a way. Uh, I cannot stand the everyday life in, in sort of Sweden, going to work in the cold and the darkness and sort of that whole sort of um, yeah. nine to five situation when it's, you don't see the sun for like weeks and weeks sometimes, even like in, around Stockholm, right? But um, how do you think that affects the way people look at life? Very sort of negatively. Like I notice a huge up boost in my energy. And this is a weird thing. I think I've grown four, or I know I've grown four centimeters uh, from when I came to Thailand, no doubt, like uh, my old passport says uh, uh, 183 centimeters and now I'm 187. Yeah, yeah. And I do think it's kind of like, it's it, because of the sun, like it just gives you a lot more energy. You and I, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I definitely think there's, uh, I mean, maybe some people are more, um, and enjoy uh, the, the cold and the dark more, uh, but I definitely think the sun and the light brings a lot of energy. Yeah, definitely. Should we finish on that note? Of yeah, yeah, whatever. It's natural. Yeah. Whatever you feel like. Also, don't listen to it. Don't believe anything you heard. <laughs> <laughs>